Hey now, everybody! Hi! We're back. It's been a while. It's been a day longer than a week. Last week we went early because we had to travel for work. This week we're late because we are doing baseball for work. Not that late, like an hour. Uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. It's uh, 11.49 uh, oh, yeah. on the east coast of America, for those who are wondering. Squeezer and I were working a baseball game that went in 12 innings. So, uh, and he, um, Squeezer was at uh, high first camera, and he gets the pick when a runner is on first. And God forbid I miss one cutover to it. It was two. God forbid I miss two <laughs> cutovers to it. You get one. <laughs> is this your Todd? No, uh, uh, da, 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 Todd Massey? No. No. Well, no, hi, I don't Todd. Think so. Shout out. I don't think so. Todd, what's up? And go Padres. But how do you not my Todd? <laughs> to this day, I'll play the original Zelda song in my car cruising. It does. Yeah, we're, we're talking game soundtracks. We'll get to that. But we got to waste your time for a little bit. I got to fill up my big, giant movie tavern Stein with three Sam Summers. <clears throat> Jeez. What are you? Don't judge. That sounded so judgy. I just, it just, it gets warm, no? No. And every week I asked, uh, well, fair enough. What, uh, what are you drinking over there, little pretty pants? Um, I have a Sly Fox Hellas and a Sam Summer in my little cooler bag next to me. Oh, okay. For the convenience. Brad, what's up? Ish, what up? Yeah, it was a long day long day but you know we're used to it we're just we're having fun on headsets ish asked in the group text if if they at least feed you after a long day like that i go well that's actually my responsibility so no no it's getting bad yeah no yeah any other show on the planet yes in fact they make you drop what you were doing to go eat before you can go back to finish packing up good idea i'd rather be a little hungry than do that to my body Yes, Ish, I'll get to that. In a st- well, why not now? Well, let's get to fan mail. And I'll start with a package we got here, Squeezer. I'm ready to unbox what? it on air. There's a package? Yes, it came for us. And it's from Ish. And he sent Aw, thank you. He, wow, he sent us each uh, a bag of Bucky's Beaver Nuggets. These look delicious. Ooh. The, the 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 long sought after beaver nuggets. He sent a bag of Hill Country brand mesquite peppered beef jerky, smoke oh. flavor added. It looks good. Uh, what's in the bag here? Oh, it's a Bucky's shopping bag, and inside is two Bucky's magnets. I'll have to share the jerky with Squeezer. He'll, good luck. I get any. Once he sees it. And <laughs> you have to keep your hand out like a horse, nice and flat. <laughs> two Bucky's keychains that look like they're bottle openers shaped like the state of Texas. 
Ish, you are a sweet boy. And that I'm, is very kind of you. And I'm going to reuse your box here to send. I got a little gift for him uh, that I got to send out of the studio. So thank you, Ish. You're a sweet, sweet boy. Um, let's check our reviews. I have not checked yet this week. Let's see who hates me. Who cares what anyone has to say about us? We have beaver nuggets. Yeah, should we just stop the show and I drive over and we'll eat our beaver nuggets? Kinda. I'll meet you halfway. Okay. Where's our halfway point? Not too far. We're close. To probably like the Wawa. All right. Um, see all. Oh, I think we only have one. Uh, and it's from our, our our sweet another sweet friend of ours, Ferris Print, and he gave us five stars. And said, rad to the bone, this podcast is a must for any nostalgia slash pop culture addict. I've been listening to these boys from the beginning, and it's one of my favorite podcasts. RK and Squeezer are great hosts, and if you listen to any episode at random, having never heard them before, you'll be immediately charmed by their banter and undeniable chemistry. Charm. And yes, you can expect loud and somewhat schizophrenic impressions of pop culture figures like Vince McMahon, Snagglepuss, Alex Jones, Macho Man, <laughs> Terry Funk, and more. <laughs> pop culture figures like Snagglepuss. Yes, autobiographical impressions of, of RK's dad and Squeezer's lunch lady peppered in. But hey, in, it's their show and RK just lets it rip. Oh, good God. Uh, as long as as a longtime listener, I'm grateful for these guys for all the work they do to put out new content every single week, <coughs> for all the freebies they offer fans of the show. Yeah, just hit me up, get slide in my day. I still owe some people some stuff. I got it. I have it. I haven't given it away. But so if you want to, uh, no matter how busy I get with the day to day of my life, it's great comfort to know that I always got Rad Years episodes to tune into. So if you want to bask in some nostalgic goodness by a couple of guys that present the content in a way that makes it feel good, hang, like a good hang in their living room, follow and stream the Rad Years podcast. Mr. Ferris, very, you are a very kind boy. He's a fantastic artist, and I'm proud to hang uh, a bunch of his prints around my lair here. Um, so many talented people listen to this show. So, so untalented uh, we are and they're just so talented yeah we're like a sorbet for talent yeah we, i guess we, we cleanse the palate. their palate of yeah. it um that's that that's that's all the reviews and mail we've got this week so thank you ish thank you ferris um, if you'd like to uh, write rate and review us I'll, or send us any mail and i'll i'll send you something back um, just please. Yes, yeah, send us your mail. Please don't. Please don't let it be arsenic or a, a sort of uh, explosive device. That, those go to Squeezer's house. I pause for a sip there, expecting you to ah, reply. Good job. No, I, I just my children open my mail, so I don't have to worry about it. I'll be fine. This little sissy driving back from Penn State, he had to remind me multiple times that there's two young children that expect their father to get home alive. So can we please slow down? Just a little. Double digits would be nice. But... <sighs> How sad would these people be? 
I, I you were in the safest. If, if they had to listen to this podcast like we're as we're doing it through the uh, the little voice machines through the wire. Listen, you were in the hands of the best wheelman this side of the Allegheny. Yeah, sure. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Listen, you're not you're not sure. going to get there comfortably. You're not going to get there no. late. That's for sure. But you we're will... not going to get there late now. <laughs> but there, you might get there. You might get there. You get there fast. Listen, you're robbing a bank, and you need a wheelman. You call me. I just wanted to go home. I'm like baby driver, but um, like middle aged driver, more like. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if I had like a real fast car. Uh, you do, but you didn't have that one on you. No, like even my fast, like, or a, like a real car. fast. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't get one of those because yeah. uh, this is fun. Yeah, it is. Might as well keep the show alive. Uh, news happenings, Squeezer. Yes, I have not watched the third season of Loki. Uh, the second one. The second season. Well, that's because it's, it's tonight. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, yeah. it it came out th- this morning. It came out. Well, yeah, but it's Wednesday. Yeah. Work all day. Yeah. We've, sorry, we not watched that. Um, there's a lot of stuff like Mark Hoppus today. One of my favorite bands of all time, Blink One Eight Two, revealed that he's undergoing chemo for cancer. Oh no. I mean, they're still making music, but they're rad years, man. Nineteen fucking ni- early nineties. Blink One Eight Two has been putting out music. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he gets better real soon. And I know you're listening, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) We're all wishing you the best. Um, Did you see that story of the real-life Green Goblin flying around NYC? No, really? I I saw, like, a headline. I just assumed that because they just have, like, a picture of, uh, yeah. Elias up there, and I'm like, eh, I didn't realize it was a real thing. Yeah, I mean, some guy had some like hover thing. What's his name? Yeah, and he was. It was like it was like a big drone, and he was flying through Times Square on it. And someone someone tweeted it. Oh, nothing. Just a dude flying around NYC. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Briscoe text me about this? My our buddy Mike texted me about this tonight. That there's mm-hmm. there's some guy claiming that he uh, a Spanish guy claims that he got COVID, went to the hospital, and he woke up and there's nobody anywhere. And he's posting these TikTok videos in the center of town at an airport subway station. And there's no signs of life. And he's saying he woke up in the future in 2027, and he's stuck in the year 2027 by himself. And He's sending us these TikToks from. Well, I I don't know. I haven't seen it. I was like, what? I didn't even hear of it. So I wasn't sure if you heard of it. Oh, let me look at it here. No. To the terrifying reality. But someone's still got to be around, right? Because TikTok uses the internet, and like someone's gonna turn it on, right? Um. This sounds a lot like Walking Dead pilot. 
Hold on. We're going to need to call in an expert on this. Oh. oh, boy. Was this all just to get Alex on the show? Hey, everybody. Alex Jones here. Say, Squeezer, how you doing? Oh. I hear you're talking about the deep state, deep back true story about this man in uh, Spain in 2027. He's stuck there. He went through a portal. The trolls, the troll overlords took him under and a pot. He was doing some DMT. DMT, some heavy shit. Did some DMT and he took he, he took the troll overlords and they took him in the year 2027. He didn't have COVID because COVID doesn't exist, Squeezer. God damn it. You know that, right, Squeezer? You're a smart guy. N- n- uh, if I was, I wouldn't be talking to Alex. Well, listen, Squeezer, I'm going to tell you this once and once only. If you go to Infowars.com, I sell a, a Betamax mail pill, only $27.95 for your force order. It's got all the beta nutrients you need to keep you an alpha male. Wolf, Madden Warfare, uh, Beach Sand from Normandy. It's got all the wonderful nutrients. This stuff will keep you going and keep you away from the year 2027 where there are no more people. Because this pandemic actually happened in this real, alternate reality. It wiped out humanity exactly what Hillary Clinton and the pedophiles of D.C. wanted you to think. Just blow your mind, didn't I, Squeezer? You thought this was a whole shtick. You thought they used some sort of filming technique and lighting techniques. Like, you know, you could have done this yourself. Wrong. It all happened. It's all real. This guy's a 2027 signaling messages back to us that the world is gone kaput. Oh, my God. That's only a few years away. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> you never have anything. You just, you so, just dead air, Squeezer. I got no... I, I explained to you, you are getting nothing from me, from Alex. It's never going to happen. I don't understand why you just like clam up. You can't, it, see, well, you can't even reply. Things. One, it's overwhelming. And second, it's why I would never go drinking with my dad, because I didn't want to support his habit. Yeah, but like you could... like like I, I got... No, there's nothing. It is so over... You don't understand. You don't understand. It's a wall of sound. You It doesn't allow you to think. It doesn't allow you to respond. Oh wow, well, shit! I, I got nothing. I don't know. And how comes how comes they haven't designed a new car from 2021 to 2027? It's just six years they weren't designing cars. Pause this in the in a YouTube video. Clear. There we go. Um, or was this like some kind of creative art thing? Like he was gonna try to like do a little like live story, live movie kind of thing, and people picked up on it and. Yeah, I really don't know. I I, I don't know anything. Uh, Mike just wanted well, to get yeah. my perspective on how I thought he filmed it. I said he probably videotaped it. I mean, video disked it or videoed it. I just ruined my own joke. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh. I did. I was wondering, throwing that out there, seeing if you heard anything of that. Well, no, this is new to uh, new to me. I was I was spending my day uh, when I wasn't working, uh, listening to uh, well, I didn't sick he- video game soundtracks. I didn't hear it either. So, yeah. No, well, I I see it on the Daily Mail, so that's probably the first reason I didn't see it. But oh yeah, Daily Mail. That's, uh, that's look at that. That's a viable source of news. That's all I got. I, I gave you Alex Jones there. Just threw him out of nowhere. I wasn't trying, but I was like, you know what? I, this is a good opportunity to do Alex Jones. And uh, I don't even know where I'm going <laughs> with it, Squeezer. That's all off the top of my little pea brain when I do the Alex Jones. Is Squeezer anonymously leaving negative reviews? No, no, 
no-ish, because that would require me to leave a review. So. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sure he thought of doing it, but I don't know if he actually ever would do it. Yeah, I said, I'm pretty sure I said I was going to do it, even to myself, mm-hmm. so that's why it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't also support these self-fulfilling prophecies. Listen, he works... if I say I'm going to do it and then I do it, that, who's that helping, really? He works two jobs-ish. He's, he works his regular full-time Dumb. job, even, <laughs> and then a he's bitch. a full-time father. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I am done with... I'm... Nope. Quitting the show live? Are you pulling a, a our Bud Dwyer live on the show? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I'd just probably just turn the mic off. Well, proverbial. Just a little extreme. Proverbial, yes. You're you're blowing your rad ears head off. Yes. I I would Terrible. wait till we do video if to to do the Arba Dwyer. That that's just gruesome. That's from you. You're the that, gruesome that, that, one. That was oh a God. very that was that's a very rad years video. That was like the first one. Like my friends, like hey, check this the out. The first like, viral video. Yeah. Like not not the first, but like the first like shock one, you know, where people try to get you. Yeah. Shock, shock, shock. My kids are not gonna get those nuggets. I'm sorry. What nuggets? The Bucky's. Oh, oh. Yeah. Why? Why not? I'm not gonna get those. They're... Oh, oh. It's not because you're trying to I'm protect gonna... the kids from the sugar. Those are daddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are daddies. No. They'll still get them. Yeah. They'll get a daddy. No, if they knew, and if they knew there was jerky, oh my God. Forget it. <laughs> He's going to pour them in a bowl and put milk on them and eat it like our corn pops. Oh, you can do that? You can cereal anything. It's, cere- it's cereal. Then it's oh. healthy for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's part of this balanced breakfast. Oh, nice. That's all you got to say. Then it's healthy. All right, shall we start and talk about the topic on hand? Oh, I think we should. It is video game soundtracks, and I think you're leading off this week, aren't you there, Handsome? I was, I was very excited for this one. He Here is Handsome's first pick, and do you want me just to start it and then lay it out? Uh, Yeah, yeah, start it and lay it out. I mean, right away people are going to know what this one is, and we can you know, start talking over it. Got it. Uh, is there really anything more iconic? Like, you think Sega Genesis? Is there really anything more iconic? Yes, multiple things. When I say Sega Genesis. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, Because I I think even, like, the Sonic 2 soundtrack overshadows the first one. But, see, we had this discussion. What about 3? 3, I don't think, is nearly as good. And I know who composed it, but... Or parts of it. I know there's a story there, but I think Sonic 2 in itself, the story is even more interesting. It's even. I think it's a much better soundtrack than 3. Alright, fair enough. I don't know. My, my personal take that, and I didn't have 3. So maybe it's just because I just got so used to it. But. There's some epic tracks in this, and everything is so different. Like the, here, the. the um, casino level it's such like a swingy kind of like you could picture this like a big band playing this in like that vegas setup you know it, it has just that feel to it 
each song was like written and composed for like its level so it was uh it was composed and produced by uh masato nakamura Mm -hmm. who all of you big uh j-pop group uh dreams come true fans would know and he's the the bassist and the the producer for them i mean they're massive they sold like 55 million records in japan they're huge but so they got their start in the late 80s and then he was brought on to do the sonic the hedgehog soundtrack and he did and it was a success and then they were going to use him again but he at that point they had blown up as a band uh so he was a little too successful it's gonna cost too much money so they tried to produce it in-house and it sucked and like whatever it is pay him his money Mm. uh so they did and i didn't know this from my understanding i was trying to confirm this for sure but it's a on the internet so whatever i say just works they actually the band owns the rights to the sonic the hedgehog one music really yes because as when they composed it they part of the deal is they retain the rights to it that's why you don't hear some of the the same songs over again in older and newer later sonic games uh, because it would just cost too much money uh and you can tell the guy's a bass player because if you when you listen to this, like it's just there's little bass lines throughout this whole thing. It's just so catchy, and there's some with just like cool little slap basses and stuff in there. Slapping the bass. Um, slapping the bass. Slapping the um, bass. So '92 was a big year for him because this comes out. '92 was just uh, a big year in general. Album uh, "Swing Star" comes out. It peaks at number one, stays in the chart in Japan for 55 weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we talked over it, but there is a song that was just in there, and it's my absolute favorite. And like I said, it almost earlier like brings tears to my eyes, and it, it's epic. It's the end theme after you beat Doctor Robotnik, and every the the, the um, Sky Fortress explodes, and the screen flashes white, and then you have those black and white images. Of everyone looking up in the sky, and then Tails gets the plane and flies up, and you see Sonic literally falling to his death, unless you're supersonic. But like, and it occurs to you, Sonic gave his life for the, he knew he was gonna die. There was no way out of this. He was plummeting to his death, and this music is playing, and then Tails flies in the biplane and catches him, and then all the little birdies fly in, and the music swells, and it is just so epic. Unless he's supersonic, and then he's like, fuck you, Tails, I can fly. And then he flies, mm. which is also pretty badass. And then the birdies are little eagles. It's adorable. Eagles! Anywho, Anywho. it was such a hit um, that Nakamura rewrote the song for that album, Swing Star, and the song Sweet, Sweet, Sweet was a huge hit in Japan, and I was listening to it earlier today, and I'm like, holy shit, this is... The theme, the end theme to Sonic 2, and it's a real song in Japan. I think I'm going to get the whole album. I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> I know they say sweet end at some point. Um, and then what happened was, because he was so successful with it, he ended up 
pricing himself. That that's how successful this guy was in Japan and how much he can command because he priced himself out to the point where they actually got Michael Jackson to produce some of the songs for Sonic 3. Yeah, but he didn't produce the whole thing. It was split up. No, but they never it, confirmed if he actually did. They, they never confirmed it, but it you can assume that they did. Um but it was he didn't produce everything. It was split up uh, throughout a number of composers, and some of it was also done in house. Hmm. Um, but it, it, I just I love the soundtrack. Each song is so like perfect with its uh, its level. Mm-hmm. Like e- Emerald Hills is like you all know that the way it kind of just the intro starts, and then it just gets going right away it's perfect aquatic zone is terrifying because when the music starts picking up real fast and you're gonna drown it is some of the most palm sweating music you have my palms are sweating right now mom's spaghetti are you nervous uh no they're just moist from the uh condensation of my giant three beer mug Mint jam, jam mint ten condition. <laughs> we realize a lot of my my impressions are the same voice, like my Morty. Just, a, I'm, I'm sorry, my Rick from Rick and Morty, yeah. which just launched mm-hmm. its fifth season, not its sixth. Ryan, it's kind of my Alex Jones, but it's much more succinct. Come on, Morty, come on, Morty, Morty. We're gonna have, we're gonna drink three beers, Morty. Three beers and one mug, Morty. Three beers. The three beers is gonna be the end of the thing, Morty. Morty, we gotta have three beers and a mug, Morty. I can hear, yeah, I can hear when you start going. To, it starts Rick and then ends Alex. I hear it. Uh, I'd be like, yeah, I, Rick and Squeezer. Come on, Squeezer. Three beers. It's the whole arc, Squeezer. It's the arc. It's going to take us all over. Th- <laughs> oh, jeez, Ryan. Oh, jeez, Rick. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, oh, jeez, Squeezer. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh God! Just well, wait until they make a lisping Morty, and then I'm not gonna hear the end of it. Well, if we're gonna park the spaceship in here. Gonna <laughs> move some Stop stuff. being mean to me. I have <laughs> <I'm> feelings. <laughs> I say this with <laughs> peace and love, Squeezer. Oh, I feel so loved. Peace and love. Um, anyway, I I would say this in in my my humble opinion that it's it's the best soundtrack on Sega Genesis. And it was really just my Eek the Cat impression. <laughs> I'm I yes. Come I am yeah. your eek the cat. Oh jeez, Rick. Can we get Annabelle on that? <laughs> yes, Eek, we can bring your fat girlfriend in the spaceship. <laughs> yeah, I kinda t- went off the rails with it. Yes. <laughs> very good uh Sonic the Hedgehog seven uh pick, squeezer. Thank you. Uh, he picked two. I was just acting like I, I was paying attention. Uh, okay, here is my next pick. And don't fret, we're not restarting the show. Or my first pick. Why this sounds so crisp and clear and and uh, higher bit rate, I, I pulled from the arcade soundtrack, not the Nintendo one. It's the same uh, one, it's just, smart. you know, uh, more bits, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> for your for your listening pleasure. For your listening pleasure. 
same composer compose errors because there was not one composer to this. This was by the Konami Kukaie Club. Yes. Uh, I have this on vinyl, and the vinyl has two sides. One side has a Nintendo soundtrack, the other has the arcade. And it came out in uh, the 30 for the celebrate the 30th anniversary back in 2018. Uh, and I got, of course, Mondo. Uh, and the, the cover of the, 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 the gatefold is covered in the H.R. Geiger-inspired monsters. But, um, you know, this is a game that uh, was unforgivingly difficult. <laughs> And you forces players to memorize complex enemy patterns, or you die immediately. And unless you have the cheat Konami code, which gives you 30 instead of three lives, and a full box of extra burnt Cheez-Its, it's really tough to beat yep. this game. It's whatever, and a good friend while your family's at the beach. Playing navigator, like a like I gonna and take over when you need a break to pee. But this game's tough. You just gotta, yeah. you just gotta memorize what's going on and get really good at it, and uh, or use Game Genie and cheat. I'm okay uh, with it. I, I, I beat it cheating fair and square with a Konami. I think right. it's intended to use the Konami code. I, I, I beat don't think it. Th I never beat it with three lives. I never got past the first level in three lives. Yeah. But I beat, <laughs> I beat it with the Konami code. Um. So, uh, this was speaking of in-house. This was Konami's in-house sound team, the Konami. Kuke Haihe Kuki Hai Club K U K E I H A Kukaihe Kukaihe Club But this had like a lot of heavy hitters it had Silent Hill composer Akira Yamaka Yamoka Castlevania which I almost picked Castlevania I have that score on vinyl too Michiro Yamain um and in this iteration it had the Metal Gear Solid composer Kazuki Maroko. Um, I almost picked Metal Gear Solid. Oh. And Hidenori Mizawa and Kiyahara Sada for the, S S N the NES version. Uh, there was two version, three versions of the soundtrack on Mondo. You could have got a special version at the San Diego Comic-Con booth uh, that year, or you could get it on Mondo in a red and blue camo version, which is one side red, one side blue. Or a black, if you're if you're a purist with your vinyl and you want black vinyl only, you can get a black vinyl. But uh, yeah, oh, is is that a thing? Like, are there like people out there that, like look hold their nose at you? For, yeah, like, it's something. I I don't. I, I'm I'm speaking out of turn here, and E, e Rock might correct me, but something with black vinyl has a longer shelf life. It la it doesn't degrade. It lasts longer than like the colored and uh, clear vinyls. Gotcha. But I don't know if that's so true. But uh, it's definitely a thing. So Contra. A hell of a hell of a game to beat. But uh, everyone, everybody in the fucking like, like end of the 80s, early 90s, this game was like you rented it or you had a friend. And if your friend had it, you this was the only game you wanted to play at their house. Yeah. Uh, and that's Contra Squeezer. That's my first foray into the video game soundtrack world. Ready for your second video game soundtrack pick. Yeah, you've heard this before in the show. 
What's this? Ah, the easy stylings of uh, Hiroki Masuno from the Kentos group for Deja Vu, ah. a Kemco game. Of course. Yes. It's uh, So I, I've talked before about how amazing Deja Vu is, and I love this game. And It's a uh, early point-and-click adventure. Uh, it was produced... Uh, Produced by or developed by uh, ICOM Simulations, which also did uh, Shadowgate and Uninvited, and the I, same guy. I love Shadow. Uh, I played. I beat played through and beat Shadowgate on my Game Boy Color, where I was on break at uh, at KB. Also, by the way, if you want to get that Contra soundtrack on vinyl, it's sold out on both black and red and blue camel vinyl on Mondo. Sorry about uh-huh. that. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Masuno, he's the composer across all these games uh, originally. Now, the soundtrack may have differed, I believe, from the NES version and the Game Boy. You you said it was Game Boy Color? The Shadowgate was Game Boy Color, yes. Yes. Yeah, because they they ported all of them to uh, Game Boy Color um, at some point. The, The... there's only eight minutes worth of original music in this game, and it could take about an hour to play, depending on you know how fast you go. Uh, and a lot of it is just like you heard, can be a little repetitive, but it's just so catchy and it, it sticks in my head. And each song, it, it's used in multiple places over and over again. But the places that they're used, it just works so well. Like when you're waking up from the bathroom stall and then just walking down the hall, it kind of just builds up. And then you, what's cool is the, the transition sounds. So you have the this wiping, kind of, yeah, that's what it sounds like. That was a good um, uh, impression there. Scooter. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it was spot on uh, from room to room. And when that happens, though, the music will just change abruptly. And there are times where you walk in and there's just like a dead body slumped over a desk or uh, a fat woman hogtied in the trunk of a car. <laughs> and the like uh, the danger music kicks in like, uh oh, something's going on here. And even though it's a, a, a point and click adventure simulation, like nothing is going to jump out at you. Like nothing is happening. What you see is there until you click in another direction. But it's very tense. It gets you. It can really stress you out from just like being in that room with that music going, knowing that you have to like click around and try to open the safe, or like you're still like it makes you look over your shoulder. And to do it with what memory they had to work with and like the power of that system, it's it's pretty impressive. Hmm. Um, I I think it definitely uh, it it really makes the game. Did you own it, or was this a rent often rented? No, I I own I owned it. Uh, I bought it I bought it secondhand, like very early on. This was like in my original collection, um, but I, I bought it uh, probably like a, a yard sale or something like that, uh, and then because uh, this I doesn't lost se- it, and then I bought it again. This doesn't seem if you're if you're good at video games, you play through this and beat it once, like you're done with it, right? 
Um, you would think so, but I would go back and I would go through it over and over again. Because it's kind of like watching the movie. Mm, you know, you okay, can watch the same that. movie yeah. over, over and over again. Um, yeah, and, and there's w- one or two songs that, like, the uh, one in particular that doesn't fit, and ironically, it's the wind screen. It's like, if you beat the game, the song that plays is really kind of out of place compared to everything else. But uh, the death uh, screen, which I found more often than not, uh, that one's also pretty uh, catchy too and fitting for the time period. It re- they really did a great job of like making it fit that like early nineteen forties era. If, if it were a detective show, like in the eighties, that's mm. what like a nineteen forties detective show in the eighties would sound like. Okay. So, yeah, I I, I think it's it, it's a very short. And I, I would say overlooked soundtrack. Like it, it there, there's uh, scores for games that are clearly they just took whatever music was there or came up with something generic and slapped it on. And then this one, you could tell like they looked at the game. Well, it was also done in house, so like they were working with the source material. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is what we have to work with. Let's make music to fit this. And I, I think they did a damn good job. Damn good job. Little squeezer playing deja vu. That's where you got your detective. Yeah, it, it, it's not. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's funny, too. Cause it, it's clearly not like I, I wouldn't picture like an eight year old playing this and being thrilled. But I thought it was the coolest because I clearly was not. Well, none of us were the coolest squeezer. That's for sure. Oh, um, speak for yourself. Wait, hang on. Wait. I am. Okay, yes, you are. <laughs> That's just what people say. Okay, here's my next pick. This is maybe the best of all time. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time score is sublime squeezer. Yeah. To say the least. It was composed by Koji Kondo. He is the composer in charge of the entire Legend of Zelda series since game one. Um, this game, I remember playing it in December of 1998. I got it for Christmas. And I immediately was blown away by the fucking soundtrack. It's just rich and gorgeous. And yeah, Mario 64 had this incredible soundtrack that like used music that like I never even heard of before. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this one, so like it fits so well with like all the action and it's not like like of course this was six. You're comparing Nintendo to Nintendo 64. You say in like your game, like there's just abrupt changes. 
like there was never any abrupt changes like it was very mm-hmm. very subtle um subtle changes into and in building and uh epic music and you think of like something like this uh it doesn't get the due credit it deserves like you know there's motion pictures that don't even compare some of the best motion pictures soundtracks don't compare to how good this this is like this is lone lone ranch yeah yeah and 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 the difficulty and working with what you have to work with yeah your limitations you know, I like mean, you're so you're limited yeah. yeah obviously not anymore uh no. now now you could compose it just like you would a film but back then you were much more limited um and that's uh that's one thing so there's been a massive amount of covers uh one i sent you not so long ago this was done by dr pez a few years ago but like it just for some reason the algorithm on on um on uh youtube like just brought it a second life uh they called it tempo of time it's imagine the soundtrack of ocarina of time but as a prog rock concept album. And these guys are fucking genius. They start it starts out very similar. Mm-hmm. But when you watch the video, it's kind of done like like you're at like a you're at a uh, Pink Floyd concert. You know what I mean? Did you get that Pink Floyd I, feeling? I, I watched it probably like two or three times. Yeah. Let me see if I can get to some here. This is Hyrule Field. <laughs> this is is this yes or is this? I was just gonna say it's like yeah, it, it's very yes. Yes uh, in Asia. And I know you're a big prog rock guy. I'm not the biggest prog rock guy. I I I I pick and choose. Not not so much on the the poppy. I, I like the more uh, out there kind of, you know. But they should, uh, like, you could see my comment. Uh, I'm in Lost Wallet MP. That's the my company. I was like, you guys should tour this. Like, I would fucking go. Yeah, or or tour through our area and we can... We can no, imagine this, this album toured. Like, I'd fucking go see a yeah. prog rock uh, version of this. It, it, all in all, it's... 30 minutes so they would have to do like other video game music like they'd have to do like maybe three acts like yeah you do and you, you end with this you end with this this yeah. is your this is your dark side of the moon yeah but uh there's so many covers on there there's people who do just like an acoustic by the super guitar mm-hmm. brothers who i follow on uh youtube they orchestras do, like actual yeah. symphonies these are just two brothers who play acoustic guitars. And look them up, Super Guitar Brothers. They do a bunch of really good stuff. I follow them on YouTube, and uh, they're very talented. I, I probably... I have like seven Ocarina of Time covers. If you search Ocarina of Time cover that I've listened to already, it's, it's got the red line at the bottom. I played it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just look up Ocarina of Time covers. I have I have this soundtrack from I think some eight bit something I forget what the fuck it is on vinyl. Sometimes I play it in my office squeezer. Mm-hmm. 
That always be one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and this started way back, like, uh, listening, uh, you know, the mini-bosses on Winamp. Oh, the old Winamp days. Yeah. But they did some sick uh, Contra covers and uh, Metroid. Yeah, I, I think it's disappointed pointing that yeah the the video game music community doesn't get the you're right they don't get the respect they deserve right well, it's better than uh, some oscar winning motion picture scores but you know that being said so we're, we're doing it we're giving them the credit they deserve they get a whole show yeah. oh i'm sure they're dedicated. they're thrilled yeah right the whole community right up there that that uh... the whole community's on their, their toes tonight listening on live on youtube to see who gets picked Squeezer. <laughs> oh, maybe next time. So next show, we'll have a, a nomination show on Good Morning America. Oh, we really should and, do uh, that. Yeah. Get a hold of Good Morning America and set that up for me, Squeeze. They'll pretty much take any content. I've seen the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, your third pick, Mr. Squeezer. What is this? This is, uh, last pick aside, my opinion, possibly one of the greatest video game soundtracks ever put out there. And it was on the same system. It came out just a few years later. And this is the soundtrack to Perfect Dark. Ah, uh, this is like Rares. This, the follow-up to Goldeneye that wasn't James Bond. Yes, it's it's a spiritual successor, if you will. Yeah, I rented um, it. I don't. I don't. I didn't own it. Oh, I I absolutely I love this game. I played this thing into the ground, and it was, uh, in, in my opinion, now it, it might not be a popular one. Goldeneye is great. It's iconic, but Perfect Dark succeeded in building on everything. Every every every. I will just say every technical uh -huh. aspect of it is superior. Uh-huh. Um, the hell was that? Keep going. Are you... What? Are you eating chips? No, I'm not eating chips. Is this because I'm saying Perfect Dark is better than Goldeneye? Are you being passive-aggressive towards me? No, I'm absolutely not being passive-aggressive towards you. I'm mm. not eating chips, and just go about your business. Pay no attention to the beaver nuggets I'm tasting before you get a Oh, taste you though. son of a... <laughs> <laughs> You're so mean. Uh, all right, I'm going to get wow. some beaver nuggets. Are they they are delicious. Thank you, Ish. They are delish-ish. Uh, I can't wait to walk in the morning and you look just like me. <laughs> I stopped after three, though. <laughs> three bags? <laughs> no, three nuggets. Oh. Um. So, and and so they they built off of everything they learned on Goldeneye. Now, Goldeneye works so well is just because it established itself early on as the gold standard at the time, and everyone wants to play multiplayer in Goldeneye. It is very fun. But so is Perfect Dark, but not as many people played Perfect Dark because it was later on. It was it came out in 2000. 
it was on the back end of the 64 days. But because of that, they stretched the hell out of the power that you could get out of 64. Like, this game maxed it out. Did it need that little to, cartridge to make it work better? Yes. That went in the front of it? Yeah. I had yeah, that. The, uh, what the hell is that thing called? The, I don't uh, remember. Expansion. Expansion pack. I had it. Expansion pack? Yeah. Um, I actually, well, when I bought my 64, I bought it uh, used, and mine was already, uh, it was already in there. I got the expansion pack for Christmas. Nice. Uh, so it was uh, a lot of the same team was working on Perfect Dark as worked on GoldenEye. Uh, and midway through production, the original composer, uh, Graham Norgate, uh, he he left to start another company with another group that eventually went on to make, um, uh, was it Time Splitters? Yes. Yes. I have no idea. Oh, Sorry. yes. Oh, I thought you knew that. Though though that is I was it's funny cuz I was trying to think of it the other day. I'm like I pictured this game in my head. It, it was a first person shooter. It was story based. It had a great like level editor that you can make for and I was trying to think what it was and it was Time Splitters. It came out on GameCube and it's amazing. It's such had, a good I game. I had GameCube almost at release and I I actually love my GameCube. I played the shit out of it. It is a really good. It's a really damn good. I was system. really hoping for Wind Waker to get a a release on uh, GameCube. Oh, that would've been cool. Pain yeah, the only and the only game I had because uh, I bought it. I got it at launch. We, my buddy and I, we went to the Walmart in Easton to get it because it was mm. the only place we can find it for some reason. And uh, it was that. And the only game I had was uh, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron. And then eventually I started adding on, but that was the first one that I had. Uh, and then Super Monkey Ball. God, that was a fun game. I still have my Super GameCube Brothers. and all my GameCube games. And uh, I have. Yeah, I still have. I And I still find them laying around like the discs just like mixed in with everything else and get lost. I was, I was the worst in putting them back in their cases. Hmm. Um, so the original composer left halfway through. So they brought in, uh, Grant Kirkhope, who was the composer and producer for GoldenEye. So they brought him back in to finish this up. And now he's also working on like uh, Donkey Kong at the time. And he was a busy guy. He, Oh, that's one they were going to get a lot of flack up for not picking by the way. I know. And I feel bad, but. I figure. Hey, I also didn't pick my favorite game, which I think should be on the list because soundtrack's awesome. Because there's going to be a part two, and we're saving it for when we do the nomination show on Good Morning America. Right. So you want to have it get its proper due. This is this is the test run. This is the first year where it's like just like in a bingo hall kind of Hall of Fame kind of thing. You know, next year it'll be bigger. Easy dub. Yeah. Holy shit! Holy shit! Uh, so he he went and he decided he was going to... A lot of times when you bring someone in, they want to start from scratch. He decided he was going to keep the current compositions that were already laid down and work with what was already there, kind of like as an extra challenge and just to see what he could do with that and hopefully it makes it sound different than what his normal work would be. And whether that's a line of shit 
because they just did it to save costs or that's what he intended to do. I think it worked out because the soundtrack is epic. It's nearly nearly two and a half hours long. Um, so yeah, you could say it's it's longer than some movie scores, um, most movie scores. Um, and but it's just that perfect cyberpunk, uh, like droning, just wall of sound, Blade Runner inspired. Um, it's it, I absolutely love it. I listened to it the whole way home. I was listening to it actually for the last couple of days. I put it on. Just it's on YouTube. You can find it and listen to it that way if you want. Or it is on vinyl if you want. I suggest you 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 like your vinyl. You like your your ambient soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, I do yourself listen to it. I think you might like it. There's some awesome tracks on it. it it's very different too. Like from one to the other. Uh, it, it's perfect nighttime driving music. You just put that on and you just drive. It's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome soundtrack. Um, and and what can I say? It's yeah. It's if if I had if I still had a, a turntable that isn't buried and broken, and I collected vinyl, I would purchase this fine thing for myself. In the meantime, I'll just put it on YouTube and throw it in the car seat and listen to it on my radio. <laughs> you don't want to get into collecting vinyl? I don't want to collect vinyl. No. I try not to collect anything now. I've purged my mind of that. What? You collect stuff. I do collect stuff. But I don't want to... I don't, I don't know why. I can't. It, it terrifies me. You've been about... You've been I've, that, that way I've for cleaned a while. Out, I've cleaned out way too many houses. <laughs> of loved ones, family members that collect things. I can't I can't take another box of postcards from the NASCAR race that I wanna that was saving for a rainy day. And I know a record is different than a, <laughs> than some like you know, Yeah, these these are actually worth business card. worth money. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, I mean if uh, Mark Hoppus kicks a bucket, my Blink-182 vinyl is going to just like triple in price. I, I should take that back. I never want him to kick the bucket. I love him, and I want him to live forever. There you go. All right, here's my next pick. I, I see, Squeezer. Did you run into the same thing I ran into? Being that I don't have a lot to say about any of these things, like other than I love them. <laughs> like I like this uh, music. It, it's hit or miss. That's why I started to have to dig a little more because I, yeah, I went with soundtracks that I knew and loved. I'm like, well, let's see what I can learn about them. Right, and I tried to learn, but it was tough to find stuff. Like, okay, this was from the Star Fox game that I love that came out for Super Nintendo and it was composed by Hijami Hirasawa um but uh like there's not a lot of other information it features three arranged tracks by Nurimasa Kiho Yama Yamanaka at the start of the album the last three tracks are recordings of live gameplay on the and that if you get the CD um 
But yeah, it's just fucking like there's not much out there. Like I love it. This is, it is strange that you would think how uh, how important it is, but yeah, there's no record of it. Like I don't know. I think you, I could probably if I if I had more time, I could have probably dug and like found some newspaper articles about like what why they wrote it and how they wrote it. And I'm sure there's interviews out there that exist in magazines about what they. Their um, uh, here this is the classic Star Fox about their um, mm -hmm. what their what their uh, inspiration was in composing this and and you know their but like I, I I didn't find that and I like usually I have personal stories to tell about this shit but uh, for a few of these I just had nothing I'm like oh man this isn't gonna be a, a two hour bullshit fest and I guess. Not every show can be two hours, right, Squeezer? Yeah, nor nor does it have to nor be. Nor does it have to be. It, it's, it, this show is all about quality over quantity. Right. <laughs> quality. But uh, that being said, uh, I definitely want to talk um, Star Fox because I had, I had Star Fox originally for Super Nintendo. And then I remember, remember that like played again. It wasn't played against sports, but played against sports was next to it. It was like a video game store in the Bradley's shopping center. That is where I bought my Nintendo 64. What was that place called again? I I was trying to remember. I could not. I was I was digging around a little bit. I could not. I could not figure it out for the life of me. I always just keep calling it Play It Again Sports because it was next to Play it was it, like play the it. used no the, the used kid shit stores. Well, know? Play It Again Sports, sports was right next to it. That's yeah. why we call it Play It Again Sports, but that's not what it was called. I know. Hold on. I'm going to get to the bottom of this, Squeezer. So what get to the bottom of this. Because I, I bought... Um, so what year did uh, Star Fox 64 come out? That's what we need to find out first. Uh, 1964. Star Fox 64 came out in North America in June of 1997. So I'm going to search video game store... This is gonna be tough because it's Whitehall. Yeah, because I didn't I didn't get my 64 until I think like late 98, maybe even 99. I was a PlayStation kid, and my parents were like, "You don't need another video game system." I'm like, yes, but my friends all have this, and plus I wanted uh, I wanted the, I wanted I wanted to play uh, you know, Ocarina, really, and Goldeneye at home. Because like you could go to a friend's house and you can all play Goldeneye, like. But if you're all hanging out, you're not gonna. No one. You don't just sit down and play Ocarina. I mean, you can, but it wasn't a party game. And I didn't want it to be a party game. That's something you want to play by yourself and be immersed in. So I went and saved up all my little monies and yeah, I, I bought mine. I bought mine used. Back in yeah, I would say probably ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Um, let's see if I can't find this place. Find them places with the rad years. Dun. Dun, dun, yeah, and dun, I dun. didn't have, uh, yeah, I never, well, yeah, I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so yeah, I never had Star Fox, but I had a friend that, uh, and I always, my friend had it, and I always wanted to play Star Fox, and it just never... We never played it. I 
don't know why. Oh, I had Star Fox what was, uh, and Star Fox 64. Oh, uh, Shadows of the Empire. That's what we would always play. Or was that 64? I don't know. I wasn't big into Star, uh, Star Wars games. Now I gotta research with the rad years. Video game. Store white. Oh yeah, Shadows of the Empire was N64. What the hell? See, this this is where my problem lies, because I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so. Yeah, Dash Rendar was pretty awesome. And it was like the first one, like you were in like fully like engaged in like the Hoth scene. Like the Battle of Hoth was awesome. Um, there's N64. Yeah. I can just lay out. Why am I trying to fill? Just listen to the. Sounds the good, doesn't it? I, so I can't find dulcet tones of Starcraft, Star Fox. I can't find like if I search used Nintendo games, like you think 1997. Like I definitely bought this in 97. Maybe I bought it in 98. <laughs> I'll try 98. Yeah. But yeah, I would say, you know what? Use your time wisely. Just stop listening to this now and just go listen to some awesome uh, game soundtracks. Use Nintendo. Like, I have a couple, like Perfect Dark's one of my go-tos. The Mass Effect soundtrack's pretty awesome. And, like, I just have them all just, like, bookmarked and I just pull one up and play it. It's soothing. I don't know. I, I can't find it, but there was this used video game store, and I know uh, Squeezer knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And it was next to Played Against Sports in Whitehall, where the Bradleys was. Yeah, yeah uh, up from the Farmore. Up from the Farmore, and it's, yeah, and the Rickles. And the Rickles. I think the Rickles might have. It might have been Sports Authority at that point. It might have been by then. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was. And there's a Kids R Us. It was a Kids R Us. So, so if you guys know what we're talking about, then yeah. Just yeah. Write in to uh, right com and tell me how I wasted your time. But that is how you fill and get the show to two hours. <laughs> Squeezer, <laughs> your next pick. That's your fourth quality pick. filling. Thank you. That was some quality quantity. Are you, are you doing the actual Foley work to go along with the sound effects in the game? I was just eating a beaver nugget. Oh, Those suck. beaver nuggets are addicting. I might be through your bag by tomorrow. No! <laughs> I'm going to have to go to Texas. <laughs> what game is this for? This is from Myst. I never played Myst. Really? Ever. It was the highest selling video uh, PC game of the 90s. It had to be dethroned by The Sims. It was that successful. I shareware or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this game was epic for the time. It was so groundbreaking. It was gorgeous. It was and, just a point and click uh, game like fucking Deja Vu though, wasn't it? Yeah, just really nice. How is it groundbreaking and, then? <laughs> because it was gorgeous. And it was it was they were going for a sense of uh, immersion that you didn't really have before. Okay. Um, and so, funny thing about that is, 
if you, if you truly want to be immersive, uh, do you hear music everywhere you go? Like if you're in like a an old abandoned tower, do you hear music playing per se? In your head or just in general? No, in 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 general, in real. In my head, there is a soundtrack going at all times. Yeah, no, you're like fucking in, Peter Griffin if you had a genie. Yes. <laughs> Can I get a uh, soundtrack? In the outside I world. <laughs> I can try. Oh. Not going to uh, do so... it. <laughs> they uh, arranged... There was actually... All the sound effects were done using, like, Foley techniques, which is pretty cool. Whereas, you know, I'm a lot of... I'm hardcore! I'm hardcore! Yes, Mick. Was Just it with like that. barbed wire around a bat? Was it... There might have been whatever tables. it takes to make the sound work. I know, like, for, like, the fire, like, they used uh, car tires driving on gravel. What kind of Foley techniques? Was it the mandible claw? Uh, yeah, and then followed up with a double-arm DDT. <laughs> That's how you do it. Hold on. Hey, Mick, it's me, Chainsaw Charlie. If you don't get on board with Mist, your mother's a whore. <laughs> I do. You said All right, so, It's really your fault, people. Yeah, if you're going to review this show badly, shit on Squeezer, not me. He took yes. me there. I did. It was all my fault. For using a prop... The terminology for... You know, it's, it's an art. And they used it. And you could tell it sounds really cool. Uh, it wasn't just like generic sounds or anything recreated electronically. It's real noises. Um, and they thought that was going to be enough. Uh, the game is designed by uh, two brothers, uh, Rand and Robin Miller, who um, came up with the idea and then basically weren't video game developers at all, but came up with this idea for it and pitched it got a budget much bigger than they had asked for and then spent more than they were given, but it didn't matter because it sold a shit ton of copies anyway. Um, they didn't want to have a music score at all. They wanted just ambient noise and sound effects because they didn't want to break the immersion. If you walked into like a creepy room, they wanted you to walk into a creepy room without any music because there wouldn't be any music in there. But then they did some test plays. And they they did some R&D. And they found, you know what? Music's important to this. And music really sets the mood. So that room that you walked into that you wanted to be creepy, mm -hmm. you had a little creepy music, and now it's really creepy. Uh, so they decided, all right, we'll put, uh, we'll put some music together. So Robin Miller... One brother, he basically does this as like a side gig. So like after hours, over the course of two weeks, like you go to you go to the studio, you work on the game, right. you go home at night, and then he would record the music for Mist over the course of two weeks at night. He used a what the hell is it? Where is this? Uh, an EMU Proteus. Oh, you know what that is? No. Uh, it's just one of those little synthesizers, I guess, that you look at and like, how the hell does that work? I don't know. It's got like like two knobs and like a button, and somehow like it can make like a million different songs. Um, 
but it, that machine or a version of it is what they use to compose um, the X-Files theme as well. Found that out. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think without without the, the soundtrack, like this, it wouldn't have been nearly as successful because it really does set the mood and the tone for the entire game. Each like scene has its own little theme. And then it was such a hit that um, Virgin went and bought the rights to it and released it. And it was... Uh, it was actually a big hit, hmm. uh, uh, you know, Virgin Records. And that's the whole reason why Branson can go to uh, space is because of the Miss soundtrack. Uh, I believe that. And it but was... yeah, it's it's much more chill and groovy than the uh, than like Perfect Dark, but it, it's up there with my. It's actually on. Uh, I know Amazon Music has. I was just listening to it. Just for shits and giggles, I typed all my games in, and Mist did come up. So it's a uh, it's available. If you have just the Amazon Prime, you can listen to Mist on your music app. God damn! Yeah. All right. Is that all about Mist? Yeah. Here's my fourth pick. This is the soundtrack for the second game I owned for Wave Race. I'm sorry, for Nintendo 64, which is obviously Wave Race 64, which was the third game released for Nintendo 64. Pilot Wing 64, uh, Super Mario 64, and Wave Race 64. So I had Mario and Wave Race, and I am a huge fan of Wave Race. I even bought the second, the sequel to Wave Race 64, Blue Storm on. on uh, GameCube. I have that still. I love that game. But uh, I, this music just is so good. And it, it doesn't fit for the composer, but it was composed by Kazumi uh, to- Totaka. Totaka. Yeah, Totaka. Totaka is one of the most famous uh, video game composers in the planet. In fact, he sticks his little um, Totaka song into everything he does it's a 19 note eight bar melody that uh he's inserts in almost every title he works on i say almost because this is one of the few that it's not in (laughs) um he's worked on so many things he did and and you'll see why i like him because he his one of his first big games his actually first big game was Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, which was going to be one of my choices. Then he did Mario Paint, which is all about music. Then he did Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, Wave, oh, really? Yeah. Wave Race 64, Yoshi's Story, uh, Luigi's Mansion, then the original Animal Crossing. Uh, and if you, lis- if you listen to this right now, you're like, oh, this sounds just like Animal Crossing. Uh, because he is 
he did all the Animal Crossing. And um, Yoshi's Touch and Go, Animal Crossing Wide World, Yoshi's Island DS, Wii Sports, which has a great fucking soundtrack that sounds just like all this. It's, it's got his uh, finger, his touch all over it. Um, Wii Music, Animal Crossing City Folk, uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, uh, Yoshi's New Island, Wii Sports Club, Yoshi's Woolly World, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, Smash Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Mario Tennis Aces, Yoshi's Crafted World, Luigi's Mansion 3, and the last thing he did, which might be one of the best video game soundtracks in a while that sounds just like this, is, is Animal Crossing New Horizons, which was a game that got Enchantress and I through the pandemic. She still plays it every fucking day, Squeezer. Are you still harvesting your um, stalks? Your uh, your uh, radishes. For, radishes. That's what you uh, for the stock market. So um, it's like it's just like your Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, but when it tanks, like I don't lose, like my, I don't have to kill myself because I lost all my real money. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Uh, hold on, let me play some. Let me just play some Animal Crossing's New Horizon music for you, and uh, you tell me if you could pick up on this. That sounds similar. And there's just there's songs for so there's there's music in the show and I'm sorry the game for for times like in the morning if you're at 7 a.m. it sounds like this but then noon sounds like this which is my favorite and this is real life like it's noon in the game when it's noon. Uh, so is this how you walk around? You know what time of day it is and that's yeah, what's stuck in your oh head? Yeah, Then like six is this. It's like, you know, dusk. But then the late night oh, music. That, that sounds like a little interstitial chord on like Boy Meets World after he just learned a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very soothing like playing this game. You need to just like relax and play a game Animal Crossing New Horizons, I highly recommend. If you're no, playing, all that radishing. If you're playing late night, stressful. here's late night. It's like 10 p.m. right now, Squeezer. Yeah, I, I feel like I should be in like the basement of like a jazz club, just like with my eyes closed, slowly nodding my head out of rhythm. Now, uh, let me play Totaka-san for you. Here's Totaka's song.
That was in his first game called X from 1992. This is Mario Paint. Guy gets his song fucking everywhere. Next, you're going to recognize it from a game. Hold on. Here, this is Mario Land 2. It's a game we know. See, he gets his fucking and everything. And there's Zelda. <laughs> Let's go forward to a game we might. There's Luigi's Mansion. See how tricky he is with that? <laughs> Look at that. It's clever. This is a ghost playing it. See it in Animal Crossing. That was Yoshi. This is Happy Home Designer. <laughs> yeah, so these, he gets his little song, his little, he, he, he did it in the first game ever and he gets it in a lot of songs. But um, That's pretty cool. Uh, Wave Race 64 and Wave Race Blue Storm. I wish they'd come out with a new Wave Race because I love those games. Like a, a one for Wii. I'm sorry, not Wii. Switch would be really cool. Uh, yeah, Squeezer. Well, there was a there was a time in the 90s where form met the function. It was the jet ski. Are you quoting Loki? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why do you have a jet ski magazine on your desk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a jet ski fan myself. I just got to say. Uh, myself, a very prominent wrestling coach in the Lehigh Valley, and my idiot friend Tommy almost died on jet skis. I think I told oh, that nice. story in here. I mean, that that you didn't. I didn't? And that you got to oh. enjoy a jet ski for yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. All right, here is Squeezer's next, or last pick, I should say. Does this not make you want to go kill demons? Yeah, yeah. Was it done by Static X? Uh, they, they weren't quite around yet. I mean, <laughs> they pro probably just getting their start. Uh, it was originally uh, produced by Robert Prince, who uh, was like an independent contractor that worked very closely with uh, id uh, software. He's responsible. He did Wolfenstein 3D. And uh, Doom, Doom 2, uh, Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem 2, Duke Nukem 3D, uh, like just all those iconic first-person shooters that like set the stage, uh, he, he scored. And he took, they, they, it went to him, it's like they wanted like this heavy metal feel, and he's like, oh, okay. So... He went and just took what was popular at the time and kind of remixed it into Sounds a... like a Metallica Black album almost. Kind of, well, this is basically, there, there's a list of all the songs that are in the games and the songs that they quote-unquote rip off. 
So this is uh, a little bit of everything in here. Um, Metallica's No Remorse and Master of Puppets. Yeah, it sounds like Master is, of Puppets, exactly. Yes, very much so. Um, there are other songs. Uh, there's some Metallica thing that should not be. There's also some Judas Priest in here. A lot of Slayer. Mm. Um, that like you hear it and you're like, holy shit, that's Slayer. Uh, there's some mm -hmm. Alice in Chains in there, uh, and uh, some Pantera too, King Crimson, um, uh, ACDC's uh, Big Gun, uh, which we talked about a little while back, and then um, Master Puppets again. Yeah, that that uh, part some... you just that part you just played was Master of Puppets. Yes. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Uh, there's all some other stuff. Uh, the demons from Adrian's pen is like clearly like uh, the Call of Cthulhu uh, from Metallica, uh, and there's a little Alice Cooper in there too, uh, and like some Judas Priest as well. Uh, it, it this is it's a very like heavy metal album but like not if if it were like a modern time modern time you would have just taken these songs they would have gotten the rights and you would have just been running around to master puppets killing demons uh you couldn't at the time it wasn't that clear and maybe they could have if you they wanted to license it in a way and then recreate it as like a midi you know, but why do that when you can have, um, change it enough. Yeah. Change it just enough, which, cause it's never going to sound just that same anyway. It's going to mm -hmm. sound different, right? But you change it just enough. And now you have all these epic rock songs, all these epic metal songs, uh, from the era that, uh, and it, it fits perfectly with the theme and everything. And, uh, for doom. And now the new Doom, uh, the music is just fantastic as well. It's pretty awesome. And then I ended up going down that rabbit hole and looking at uh, memes comparing lasagna to Doom levels. Comparing lasagna to Doom levels? Yes, it's fantastic. It, it's <clears throat> uh, like extreme close-up pictures of lasagna and then a picture of a level from Doom, like a hellscape. And you try to compare and see if you can tell the difference between the extreme close-up of a slice of lasagna and a uh, level of doom. And they are eerily similar. Hmm. The internet's an amazing place for information. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got on that? That's all I got. All right, well, we're wrapping things up. Here's my last pick. This is music from Final Fantasy 1 and NES, which I actually, my friend Matt and I bought it, uh, liquidated at KB for like 12 or $15 at the South Mall. We are so pumped. And we just stayed up all day and night, one fall playing this on weekends. And like after school, we just like, you know, you pause it and you leave your Nintendo on the whole time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, this, this, this did have a save feature too, but we didn't trust it as well. 
And uh, at a yard sale, we bought the player guide, which I still have and I showed you before. The Nintendo Power Strategy Guide. Mm -hmm. Um, This was composed by uh, Nobuo Umatasu. And um, he did the first two games. Uh, it was released by Square, and it was strictly Nintendo at the time. Uh, and you heard the prelude, the opening theme. This is the main. Uh, this is the, the 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 main theme, and this is the when you're in a town. This is the town theme. Um, I don't know this. The music in this it's it's repetitive a bit because there's not much, but it's so good. And this game meant so much, and there, it's so it's there's so like much to it. But it's like a typical RPG where you have to go in and kill the bosses and. Um, you know, you, you, you keep constantly fighting the same, like, oh, here's some orcs, here's some spiders, here's some... And you have to get through it and get through all that shit to, to keep moving on and fight the boss and get the little magic potion so you can up your, your armor and stuff. It's, like, very, like, it's it set the, the tone for microtransactions in the future. Because <laughs> it's so tedious. Like, how do I speed this up? Oh, if you pay us a little money here and pay us a little money there, you know what I mean? You can get this. Avoid all that grinding. Avoid all the grinding. Because, yeah, that's all is exactly uh, what it was. Embrace the grind. It was, yeah, it was grinding. And that's what it was. That was the difference between a game like this and a game like Zelda. Where in a game like Zelda, you, you it was strategy and you were, it was action and all like it was RP, it was RPG adventure. Like, you know, it was almost a platformer, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but this was strictly like RPG. Like you just, you're, it was like Dungeons and Dragons came to life on a screen. You just, mm-hmm. you, you were rolling the die every time you weren't like doing any, um, platformer strategy. you it was simply just a die roll every single time you'd get to an, an enemy. And, uh, that's how you got to the end. And if you equipped your, um, your 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 party with the right party first of all because you got to pick from i think six different characters to form your party and if you equipped your party with the right weapons armor and spells potions and etc you can defeat that you can your die rolls are better you up your chances and you can get to the end and you could grow your characters from you know there's they they grow up at, at some point in the game in Final Fantasy and beat the game. Spoilers. Yeah. A 40-year-old game almost. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe we're getting to that where it's the game's almost, the game's about as old as we are and fuck, man. It's, yeah. Uh, like 35, but still like shit. Yeah, still. Yeah, shit. Yeah, it's 18, 19, 20. Remember like, when Remember when that was that was old? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, 35 is old. 35 is old for a fucking game. Like, I remember Pac Man's 35 years old. No, Pac Man's like fucking 50. It's not, but it's yeah. old. Oh, it's like my my nephew turned 18. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like, I feel it. Now I got growing up and all that risk. Or now you got to act like an adult and have all that responsibility. I just laughed. Like, Pac Man is 41 dog. years old. Pac Man's older than me and you, Squeezer. Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's an old man. No, he's not. He's middle age. He's middle age, Squeezer. Yeah, for now, until we find that miracle cure, and then mm. he's only like you know a third of the way there. Like, yeah, look, I'm, I'm okay. Be responsible for what you got to be. Just don't. The, the the thing is, the lesson of this show is don't grow up. 
Squeezer, I'm okay with 40 being middle age. Like, God, if it's a th if it's only a third, shit. I don't know if I can make it. 120? What? Well, three beers in the mug? Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you don't worry. <laughs> Two bags of beaver's nuggets? You're not either. <laughs> you better not be. Oh, me eating yeah. two bags of beef or nuggets. Oh, yeah. Uh, we kid. I mean, we have. I'm actual... gonna be. I'm gonna be counting. We have actually. I'm gonna look. <laughs> we have. A, we have a mail scale in the office, and it has the weight on the bags. I'm going to compare. I have a mail scale. I never said That's you could fine. use my mail scale. Mail scale? Mail scale. That sounds fun. Mail scale. I know. Are we going to measure our maleness? Because we'd all get a zero. Yeah, no. There's <laughs> there's no mail scale here. I mean, you might go to boat. You could build things. And you you, you provide for your family. So I, yeah. th I think you, you're a little higher on the mail scale than I am. But <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's actually sexist. Because it doesn't make you a male to provide. Plenty of females no. and provide for their family and build things. Yeah, absolutely. So okay, like we're that, both zero uh, like on the that lady. We're both zero on the male scale. Yeah, we're both boys. We're not men. Oh, absolutely. I am not a man in any shape. I don't. Right. I don't. There, there are there are guys in high school that I look at. I'm like, holy shit, you look like a uh, like a man, and I'm just little yes, sir, little pudgy, uh, hairless man boy beauty. that just. I want to get through my day so I can get home to my family that's asleep so I can play video games and drink beer. So I have a request, Squeezer. I'm making a since we're about a month away from your birthday. Uh-oh. We're about a week and a half away from my birthday. Uh-oh. I I, I want all of the listeners to do us a favor. Kevin Smith opened up his East Coast Smod Castle uh, on my birthday this year, July 9th. He opens it up. Mm -hmm. It's, Aww, it's like he knew. Yeah, it is. It's next to the Quick Stop in Leonardo, New Jersey, near the shore. Uh, it's a near beach town, near Red Bank and all the shores. Like, like literally next to the Quick Stop? It's it's in the same strip mall as RST and the Quick Stop, yes. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's Smod Castle East, uh, and it's co-owned by Ernie O'Donnell, who plays Rick da Darris in um, Clerks. He's... Mm -hmm. At ODBlues7 on Instagram. I need you to, all of you to listen, to, 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 to tell Kevin Smith that you want to see the Rad Years podcast perform live at Smodcastle. Wait, what? Yeah. Why? Why would you do that to me? Because all our East Coast fans, we could have a, ga we could finally have a gathering at Smodcastle. Uh, uh it's not that big. But, it's a, pe it's but a, people could see me. And... It's a small room, Squeezer. It's a small room. Here, I'm it's sending you a picture no. of it. Look at the room. It's very small. It makes me nervous. I don't like that. We did We did how many shows, Squeezer, over the last year where people saw you in each one? Yes, but I wasn't wearing pants. But you don't have to wear pants here. All right. I'm going to remember that. I am a nervous Nelly. So the schedule I don't goes. Like people looking at me. Friday they have a seven o'clock podcast, a nine p.m. podcast, and eleven p.m. 
uh, podcast. Saturday they have 7 p.m. podcast, a 9 p.m. podcast, and at 11 they're showing Clerks. On Sunday they're doing a 3 o'clock podcast, a 5 o'clock podcast, 7 o'clock showing Clerks 2, and 9 o'clock Highlands of Peephole History. I think somewhere in there they can fit in a rad year's podcast. And I think our rad year's topic in the Smodcast will be Kevin Smith movies. I've been saving that one. It's very rad years. And I think we should do it live from the Smodcastle. So hit up that Kevin Ooh, Smith. That's, oh, no, that's a lot of pressure. Well, you know, squeezer. Could, no, could, you're literally walking into someone's house and telling them like how they did it. We're not telling them how we did it. We're telling them why we love what you did. Oh. We don't ever tell but, anyone but, how they did it. <laughs> no. So write that Kevin Smith and write uh, anyone uh. involved and tell them you want to see. And Squeezer's in on board on this. He's just playing a part. Tell him no, you, I'm not. Tell him you want to see us at the Smod Castle doing a live show. And then you could all don't. come see us. And it could be a fun weekend. We could go to the Jersey Shore. Uh, we could get Primo Hoagies. I'm sure there's somewhere around there. Um, Did you ask if I was even available for this? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. But uh, you put yes on Crewmaster, so you are available. <laughs> I didn't have to ask. Wait, wait. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. When? When is this? July 9th, 10th, and 11th. Yeah, yeah, I have no. No, you don't. Yes, I do. You do not. Yes, I do. Where are you going? I have things. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar right now. Go and, right ahead. And I see... No things! Aha! You're lying. He's available, no. everybody. No, I'm not. He's available. I'm telling you I'm not, unfortunately. I already crewed you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. I did. Well, then I can't do it. Uh, well, you have to, cause it's an obligation by you're obligated by law. No, I'm not. <laughs> There's some laws. <laughs> yeah, like speed limits. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Let's see if he's lying to us. Oh, so you didn't even look? No, but I'm looking now. <laughs> Crew. He did lie. He has maybe. <laughs> That's Friday, which means he doesn't work Fridays. And Saturday he has yes. Aha! I caught you in Saturday, your lie. Saturday I have no twice. You do not. Yes, I do. Oh, you have no. What are you doing? I have things. Well, it's Friday you put maybe, so you're in. It's my birthday and you can't turn me down. It's a law. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, and you're free Sunday, so we could either do Friday or Sunday. Well, I'm gonna crew you uh, as directing the Iron Pig game on one on Sunday, just so you can't uh, putting you on six, so you can't change your mind. Too late. I already have no. No, too late. I already crewed you. So there you go. You're set. You've been crewed. No, I'm not doing it. We uh, so anyway for my birthday. Tell us you want to see us live at Smodcastle. <laughs> you suck. And 
if you want to hear Squeezer and I talk about our favorite moments and our favorite things, all related to Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith movies, you can hear it live from Smodcastle. What a better place. Hit up Kevin Smith and tell him, come on, bring the Rad Years podcast to Smodcastle. Uh, I know we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands, actually, of listeners. Uh, I know you guys, some of you, at least if at least a quarter of you come through and tell Kevin, he'll be like, fuck, I got to well, get this podcast there. I think they like people come by and see a bright yellow screen with two little flying guys on it. So they like click subscribe and then like it automatically downloads an episode. Let's say there's a hundred listeners like, okay. out of the thousands of subscribers, hundreds of thousands of people that download the show. Like, I, I think a hundred of you hit up Kevin. He'll be like, oh, maybe I should get this show here. Right. The- but one good stern email saying that it's not a good idea. Yeah, that, that one guy who uh, complains about us all the time on, even though we, 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 uh, we uh, de-stroming, even though we, we buried the hatchet and he gave us four stars and cleared it up. Please stop doing that. No, we need one star. Let them know we are not qualified for this. No, we're four stars. We're ready. We have the five star reviews, Kevin, to prove it. We want to be at Smodcast Squeezer. I think the theater fits 30 people. If you can't do a show for 30 people, you did it already. At uh, uh, RetroCon. When did you turn into such a scaredy cat? I don't know this. Is, are you playing uh, day one? Oh. You can do this. I don't like being in front of people. We are going to have a Rad Years meetup in Texas at some point. So well, that's fine. We're gonna go to a Bucky's, and we're gonna do a live show from Bucky's. <laughs> right from yeah, the that's be- fine because they're gonna kick us out. Right from the beaver's mouth. <laughs> Our favorite, uh, yeah, uh, gas station fast food memories. Yeah, gas station. But in the meantime. Kevin Smith memories. Hit him up. Tell him you want to see us at, at Smod Castle. It's for my birthday. Squeezer, my birthday. Squeezer, my birthday. All right. Well, how about for my birthday? Then we don't do it. Okay. On but your... we undo it then on my birthday. <laughs> on your birthday, we won't do it. But All on right. mine, we will. So there we go. We came to, a, we came to an agreement. Uh, let's see. Okay, I think we're done with the show, so I could probably just finish these. Mark Squeezer? You suck. <laughs> it's 13 ounces, so make sure to measure your bag tomorrow. Oh, I'll be fine. No, you can't eat more than three to four ounces of food, so. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's all we have for tonight's show. We didn't go a full two hours, but we came pretty damn close. A lot of us... Was, oh, I, about 20 minutes of it was us arguing if you're available or not the weekend of the 9th, 10th, and 11th. Which I'm not. But you are. Which I'm not. You put maybe on Friday and yes on Sunday. Uh, Kevin, we can't do Saturday, but we're good the how, other two how days. Do you, how do you know how weekends work? Hmm? What do you mean, how do I know how weekends work? If you say I'm available all weekend, but I'm not. You're available Friday and Sunday. No, I'm not available Friday. Well, you put maybe. You're definitely available Sunday. Kevin. That's that's if I am absolutely needed, and I'm definitely not available Sunday. Book a Sunday, Kevin. We're good. We're very cheap. We'll do it for free. In fact, we'll pay you to be there. 
I'll pay you not to have us there. Oh, don't listen to him. You'll see us at Smod Castle, July 7th. Get your tickets at rad, uh, radiers.com. Hold- oh, hold on. I think someone's here. Oh, Christ. Everybody, uh, go to Infowars.com. Hey, Squeezer, I know, I know that you're very busy and you say you're busy, but you're just you're just peddling to the reptilian overlords, and I get it. I get it. You're just lying. You're just a big liar, just like the big lie that's ruining everything about this world. All right, go to go to Infowars.com, and you can bundle your tickets for July 11th to see the Rad Years live at the Smod Castle with Beta Apple Mail Max for the code year. Use the code RAD at checkout and get 25% off your total order and get your tickets right now for the Rad Years podcast live at Smod Castle. I'm Alex Jones. I'm Mark i I'm Squeezer. <laughs> we'll see you guys all next week on the Rad Years Podcast. Hey, Schmuffin. Hey, Schmuffin. Are you going to say hi to Uncle Squeezer before the show ends? You're not talking? Schmuffin's here.